I'm going to go gal. with uh, orangefizz.net. Let there be fizz. Fizzcast! Without Jerry McEnroe, we would have won 10 games this year. You're watching Fizz. Okay? Not 10. We're so Fizz fans. It's the most brutal thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome back to another episode of The Fizz. And especially when it comes from our people. And welcome to Fizz! Orangefizz.net. Live from inside the Barclays Center, Tyler Aki alongside Logan Grossman. We've got a special FizzCast edition for you here as we preview this ACC tournament matchup tonight. Syracuse and North Carolina should be a great one from here in Brooklyn. But, Logan, let's just skip back to yesterday real quick. Syracuse-Wake Forest, a game that the Orange really had in its hands pretty much the entirety of the way. There really was no doubt. Wake Forest crept back a little bit, but in in the end, Syracuse pulling off a pretty convincing victory, even though it was only decided by single digits. Yeah, Syracuse was 100% the better team for 40 minutes. Uh, Wake had a couple of nice runs in them, particularly at the end of the first half and about midway through the second half, where they looked like they might make a game of it. But Syracuse was able to get get enough offense from from four guys. It was everyone in the starting five, except, believe it or not, O'Shea Brissett who for most of the season has been arguably their second most consistent offensive player after Tyus Battle. You can say he's the most consistent. You could argue that he is the most consistent. Um, And he just wasn't on. He was not good shooting the three. He just wasn't good in general on offense. But what Marek Dolajai did, I mean, we can't talk about it enough. This is a guy whose career high was 12 points. It came at home against Boston College in January, and he went off in New York City for 20 in the ACC tournament against Wake Forest and he really got the entire team when Wake Forest cut it to six right at the end of the half at the start of the second half maybe a little nerves there and then Marekt Olajai would just crash the boards like a madman and and then the whole team was like okay this guy who's been very much on the periphery for the offense all year if he's going to do this we'll be fine the the crazy thing about Dolajai too is He's had this in him, I think, all season long. Yeah, the jump shot wasn't great at the beginning of the year, but he's clearly worked on it a lot, and he just felt confident. We saw a confident Marek Dolajai yesterday. I've never seen him attempt that many dunks in warm-ups, let alone actually attempt them in games, and he's got a little power on him, too. Yeah, I don't know where he's been hiding that strength, but he... Uh... And, and why now? Are, is this the whole time to come out? I mean... We haven't seen this aggressiveness ever. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you know, if he's going to do it, no better time than right now. Syracuse knows that they absolutely 100% under any circumstance needed to win last night to have a shot at making the NCAA tournament. You can argue whether they need another win, whether they could get in with a loss tonight, but you knew for a fact they needed to win last night. And they did that, and they were able to do it because of, honestly, because they're, the offense was working and they were getting... Uh, contributions from guys you didn't necessarily expect. Pasco Chuku also in the second half had a nice offensive day, uh, finishing with 14 points. When, when Dolajai and Chuku, if they can combine for 34 points, you have to feel that, okay, Syracuse has a good chance because you know what you get. You're getting 15 to 20 from Tyus Battle. You're probably getting 15 or so from Howard. So if you can get 34 from those two, you like your chances against most teams. Yeah, and I saw some some tweets yesterday saying how is Tyus Battle not on draft boards because this guy 
pretty much the entire season has been the only reason why Syracuse is still afloat. You can, he's been the reason why this team is not a below 500 team this year because I think he gets a little bit of a flag thrown his way because sometimes he doesn't deliver in big moments. But if you're playing 40 minutes a night, I mean, how, how is this not a, a guy that's a, a bona fide first rounder averaging almost 20 points per game in the conference? Well, I think you could definitely argue that he has, you know, things that you're looking for. He's aggressive, he can shoot the ball, he's a decent passer, but I think the biggest issue you're going to run into with him as an NBA prospect is you look at him and you look at his skill set and you try and figure out if he can do what he's doing in college in the NBA. Is he a two in the NBA? Is he the right size? Is he a good enough shooter to be a two in the NBA? And it's hard to see him being a point guard because he doesn't necessarily have the ball skills or the passing ability to do that. I think that's the biggest issue. But from what we've seen from Dias Battle, I don't think there's any reason to say that he doesn't belong in the NBA, that he won't be in the NBA and shouldn't be in the NBA, whether it's next season or, or even two years from now. He has the skills that he had, and he will, I think, get a chance. I, I think that the reason that he's slid off of draft boards is because of that. Um, but... With that said, his skill set, he, he's going to get a shot. Live from the Barclays Center, Tyler Aki and Logan Grossman give you a special edition of the FizzCast. Again, be sure to follow us everywhere online at orangefizz.net. You can get all of our content right there. Also on Twitter, at orangefizz, Facebook, SoundCloud, orangefizz. You'll get all the latest content from us here down at the Barclays Center. All right, now, when we look ahead, so the Wake Forest win, it wasn't expected, but you knew that was kind of your ride or die game now apparently like these bpi metrics and stuff are saying okay 98 percent chance syracuse gets into the tournament now i'm not buying it quite yet especially when you look at some of these other bubble teams usc ucla alabama texas i mean they're all quality teams and we just saw louisville i mean it was not as as big of a blowout as the final score indicated but the cardinals ran the seminoles out of the building and maybe even played themselves over the Seminoles in a seed line when we get it when we get down to it on selection Sunday but that was a dominating performance from Louisville and just kind of shows you what some of these teams play like when their seasons really are on the line and maybe that's a good sign today for Syracuse I don't know but it, it certainly doesn't hurt yeah I think you know it, after the game Syracuse uh it was Frank Howard Tyus Battle and Jim Bayham all addressing the media they kind of all brushed that off like you know we don't think about it as a must-win game we don't think about what but we all know they do. We all know they do. Because we've heard Tyus say it before. Right, Tyus is like, oh yeah, we just block out. We have a circle. It's us. It's just the team and everyone around the team. And we block. Like, no, you don't. You, you, you can't possibly play. We know you're listening, Tyus. <laughs> you can't play ACC basketball and be like, oh yeah, you know, I don't pay attention to the media. Because if he opens his phone and he uses any form of social media, there's going to be stuff. There's going to be people. There's going to be fans. There's going to be ESPN. Everyone's going to be talking about him, going to be talking about about the team. So that's just not true. Um, and they looked like a team that knew they needed a win. The question is, though, it's not like just if you want it more, you automatically win. Right. Syracuse is going to run into a much more talented UNC team than the team they played last night in Wake Forest. Um, Louisville, I think, what happened with them is they had that desperation. Florida State didn't. And I think Louisville is very close to FSU in talent level. Syracuse is not particularly close, I think, to UNC in talent level. That doesn't mean they can't win. They almost beat them at the Carrier Dome earlier this season. But it's a, it's a much tougher test. And if you're looking at the bubble and 
there's gonna be a lot of those games like the Louisville game. We're like, all right, well, a lot this of is, big games. This is, this is a big one. Right, even tonight. Look at Marquette and the Big East. And tonight in the ACC tournament, no other game is far from yep. a lock for the NCAA tournament. If they lose tonight, if they, uh, if they lose tonight to Virginia Tech, they certainly could be on the outside looking in. So it, it's, uh, I think, in some ways, Syracuse being the 11 seed, getting to play an extra game for the help them. If they were the nine seed and they were what Louisville was today and they lose the first game again, I think they're probably out. Uh, it's possible they get in with a loss tonight, but I think now looking at it, you have to say a, a win and they're in. And everyone likes to talk about, oh, there's the fatigue factor of playing that first game. I, I don't think that's true. I think it's kind of a rust versus rest type of deal where I'd rather have my team play three or four games in this tournament as opposed to just three to get all the way because when you look at it, I mean, look at the Big Ten tournament this past week. I mean, you look at a team like Rutgers, they had pulled off two wins that they probably shouldn't have had. And then you look at Penn State, they had the game before, and then they go into the shock in Iowa team. Michigan, same deal against Michigan State. These teams just might not be ready, and that's why we see these upsets in conference tournaments. So, I don't know. I think that certainly helps Syracuse, especially yesterday has to build your confidence, especially for a guy like Dolajai, who's now maybe going to be keyed in on a little more. That might open things up for O'Shea Brissett, open things up for Frank Howard, because maybe UNC just saw... because. There were UNC scouts here. I saw Hubert Davis walking into the elevator. Like they were here, they saw what Dolajai did, and I, I think they kind of might shift their game plan up around let's bully Dolajai because he is not a big guy who can compete with our big guys, our Luke Mays, our Theo Pinsons. In terms of build, he's not going to stack up with them, but skill-wise, what he showed last night was maybe he could pull something like that off. However, maybe that opens things up for some of the other guys. Yeah, and I think ultimately last night was down to the bigs, right? It was Marek Dolajai and Pascal Truku, and they were the biggest reason that Syracuse's offense worked. Uh, again, we said O'Shea Brissett did not have a great day shooting. Syracuse was 28% from three. They did not shoot the ball well from outside. I think tonight, to have that chance, they need Tyus Battle, they need Frank Howard, they need O'Shea Brissett to hit threes. Uh, not that Pascal Truku and Marek Dolajai can't get involved or won't get involved offensively, but to think that they'll be able to replicate what they did last night against a weaker Wake team, against this rested, talented, big UNC team. And I think the three- this UNC team's also going to be pissed off. They just lost to do. They, they in a monumental collapse. Right. They were, they were winning, and then you blink, and they were down like 10 points to do. So, yeah, yeah I think the UNC, and when you talk about the rest versus rust thing, I think it's incredibly important for Syracuse to start well. Uh, because I think like that's they what, did yesterday. Like they did yesterday. I think that's when they have the advantage. Uh, early in the game, Syracuse is like, okay, we're fresh, we're ready, we, we played yesterday, we, we feel good, and UNC might have that rust. By halftime, UNC is going to be ready, they're going to be focused, they're going to be dialed in, and if Syracuse is trailing, that's when they may start to find fatigue because they, because they had five guys almost all play 40 minutes yesterday. Yeah, you're going to have to find some way to compensate, and, and that's really going to come down to the first half, if you ask me, because, I mean, this, like you said, I really like what you're saying with UNC is going to be ready by that second half. Syracuse better be up, like, 5 to 10 points at that point, and that's going to be tough to do because you're going to need to shoot the lights out, and you're going to need to contain that high post. And when we look back at that first UNC game, it was a four-point game, but was it really a four-point game? No, it, it was like a, a 10 to 12 point game because what Carolina did on that high-low action with Theo Pinson, able to get the ball down to Luke May or just take it himself because Theo Pinson 
showed off a nice little mid-range type game too. He demolished it, and I said this after the UNC game, reminded me a lot of what Nigel Hayes did with Wisconsin against Syracuse, where he just dismantled the orange at the high post. Because that's where you're gonna find your problems, and maybe Syracuse kinda keys in on that right now, but guess what? UNC's got another option at the high post, and his name's Luke May, all right? So you've got, you've got all ACC guys left and right on this team that can just absolutely take away the zone, because I think right out of the gate, Syracuse's zone was really daunting for some of these ACC teams, but now that you're in like year four or five against this 2-3 zone, you kind of figure out some of the nuances of it, and I think Roy Williams is certainly ready for this now. Yeah, and look, uh, there's a couple of things here. UNC's already seen the zone this season, uh, and they did well against it the first time. No surprises for them in that. No, and they played Duke twice, who's been using the 2-3 zone right. a lot. Um, because Coach K and Jim Bayham are very good friends. They've learned from each other, and Coach K has figured out how to utilize that 2-3 zone at the proper time. So UNC has seen plenty of it. Maybe they, you know, Duke doesn't, Duke has more talent than Syracuse, but they don't have a guy quite like Pascal Kuku, who has, who's 7-2 and has a wingspan of like 450 feet. But, you know, UNC will not be intimidated by that. The question is, though, can Syracuse do a good enough job in the zone to limit their offense? And, you know, more likely than not, the answer is no. But it's not impossible. Syracuse has a chance to win. And if they do, you have to think they're in the NCAA tournament. And then they have a winnable game again tomorrow. I don't want to get too far ahead, but Miami would play as the winner of Syracuse-UNC. Right. So if Syracuse wins tonight, they're already on a nice run. And that run is still looking like a real possibility to keep going into the week. I mean, you beat UNC, everything after that's just crazy money. Yeah. But when you look... Okay, so today's game against North Carolina. You're going to be getting a, a likely kind of ticked off Carolina team. It, it's going to be tough to win. And this, we haven't seen the Barclays Center packed for the first couple games, but the Syracuse contingency is going to be here. But I think UNC can kind of match that just because of their national brand. This place is probably going to get pretty full. I'd yeah. have to guess. Yeah, I mean, the only deterrent could possibly be the big snowstorm we're having in New York, right. New Jersey right now. It is brutal outside. It is brutal outside. It, it, it's reminding us of Syracuse, what we left behind. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, atmosphere aside, it's a neutral site. It's going to be pretty neutral tonight. Maybe a little lean in one way or the other. More likely Syracuse. Right. But I don't think that's going to make a huge difference. I think it's ultimately going to come down to what the teams are able to do. All right, Boston College taking the floor right now ahead of their game against NC State. And then that one also has semi-bubble implications, but I think them taking the floor is our cue to wrap up. Any last thoughts before today's game? No, again, just a huge game for the Orange tonight. I think, I really do, I think it's a win and you're in situation here. And if you lose, it's a toss-up leaning no, leaning NIT, but you never know. Yeah, I mean, you look at the resumes. I saw something with the strength of schedules, too, and apparently that's going to be a big factor for this season as well. Syracuse 16th in strength of schedule as opposed to the last couple years where they're outside the top 100, outside the 200, sometimes even outside the top 300 in terms of strength of schedule. So that's going to be big, I think, moving forward, and especially when you stack them up with some of those other bubble teams. Everyone else is outside the top 100. So Syracuse, you got to think, maybe has a pretty good chance, especially now that you're getting a second look at UNC. So... We'll see. That's coming up at around, I guess, 9.30 tonight, depending, depending yep. on when everything else shakes out with, with some of the other games. But that should be a good one here inside Barclays Center at Syracuse and North Carolina. Again, a bid on the line for the Orange. Be sure to check us out on Twitter, Orange Fizz. 
as well as online, orangefizz.net. Logan, you're down here. You're doing all the dirty work for Orange Fizz this week. We appreciate it. And Syracuse, biggest game of the season is tonight here in Brooklyn. That's going to do it for us here on the FizzCast. Enjoy the game, and we'll see if the Orange is dancing after this one. We'll have some post-game raffles too, right? We'll, we'll get to all that and more. All right, thanks for listening, and enjoy the game tonight.